Welcome to Season 1 of Pick the Plot. I'm Rebecca McKinnon, your host for this interactive story experience. Together, we'll travel through an original story. A story that's being written as we go, so you can have a say in what happens. This season, we're experiencing a Regency story. Will it be an adventure? A fish-out-of-water story? Or a sweet romance? Maybe it will be a combination of all three. It's up to the listeners, driven by each choice you make. Because on this podcast, the listeners get to pick the plot. At the end of our last episode, Marianne was faced with the choice of either finding a room at a nearby inn while she decided what to do next, or going to grandmother at Meekford Cottage. The vote was unanimous. You wanted her to go to Meekford Cottage. Episode 9 Paintings and Plans Marianne walked through the woods, hardly noticing the crunch of dead leaves underfoot. Her eyes were on the knobby branches overhead, stretching like fingers toward the cloud-covered sky. A bare scattering of dry red leaves clung to the sleeping wood, clinging to the trees as if they could survive the coming winter. For weeks she'd watched them toss in the breeze. It seemed the weaker they got, the harder they fought, yet it was a battle they couldn't win. Their fall was inevitable, as was hers. Looking back, she knew she was lost the moment Mrs. Thistlewaite insisted Lord Humphreys stay for tea. Her chance to enjoy her spinsterhood had ended with his first crinkle-eyed smile. Now, because the stubborn man had refused to listen to her, her future stretched before her as dry and empty as those final leaves. She wished she could hate him for it. For the first time in her life, Meekford Cottage didn't feel like a refuge. It had become her self-imposed prison. Where she used to find comfort and pleasure, she felt but an aching emptiness. She'd finally given her heart, and Felix had thrown it aside. Another leaf fell to join the crunching carpet underfoot. If she didn't find something to do with herself, her life would come to no more than the leaf waiting to crumble into nothingness. But how was she to go on, having discovered what she'd been missing? Marianne wanted to laugh at herself. She'd never before been so pathetic, even when she'd expected to die of embarrassment when that man had allowed petty gossips to ruin her. If only he hadn't been Felix's brother. Lowering her gaze, she remembered her father teaching her to kick at the leaves in order to make them fly. Giving in to a moment of childishness, she drew her foot back and shot it forward. The leaves rustled but didn't move. She tried again, making more of an effort. She soon had the leaves flying high enough for the breeze to grasp them, sending them into a dancing whirl around her. Marianne's smile didn't quite reach her face, but her heart loosened. As she walked back to Meekford Cottage, where Grandmother was no doubt waiting with a pot of tea and her favorite cakes, she realized that unless she did something, she'd mope forever. Marianne sighed. She didn't want to become a bitter old woman, hating everyone and everything because she'd once suffered a broken heart. She'd taken time to mourn the loss of the future she'd learned to want. She'd taken time to resent Felix for his stubbornness. And she'd taken time to chastise herself for wanting the life she could never have had. It was time to let go. 
She could stay with Grandmother at the cottage and spend her days reading her way through the extensive library when she wasn't wandering the countryside alone or with a thunder. There were gardens she could dig in, and Grandmother's cook was always willing to tuck Marianne into a corner of the kitchen where she could make a mess with flour and butter. And Grandmother never complained if Marianne wanted to spend the day with her paints. Her paints. Marianne thought back to the day in London when she'd met the stewards and helped their daughter improve her painting. There'd been the suggestion that Marianne take on students. She could go to Bath and ask Mrs. Stewart to introduce her to ladies whose daughters had received the basic lessons but still needed help to paint well. She could even open a school of sorts rather than acting as an ordinary tutor. It would give her something to do with her hands and with her mind. If she had enough students, she'd be able to support herself. Perhaps she could even begin to sell her own paintings. She thought of the room at Meekford Cottage where her finished canvases had collected. Some of the paintings were merely passable, where others were worth being proud of. She didn't know how to go about selling her paintings, but surely there was someone she could ask. Perhaps Charles would know someone. Or Jasper. He seemed to have friends everywhere. Marianne laughed, the sound startling to her ears. She wouldn't need to look to them. She was quite certain Grandmother would know exactly where to start. Marianne was learning Grandmother had led the kind of life most women only imagine, and somehow her family hadn't had a clue. Cultivated eccentricities, that's what Grandmother had called it, wasn't it? In London, Grandmother had begun to help Marianne cultivate her own eccentricities. Surely a few more wouldn't go amiss. If Marianne didn't know better, Grandmother's reaction would have made her think the older woman had been waiting for Marianne to announce her desire to sell her paintings. Within moments, the servants were dispatched to separate the paintings into groups, landscapes and buildings and animals and people. Grandmother went off to write a letter to a friend of hers, a man who handled the delicate task of approaching potential buyers. He was to be invited to visit them in order to see Marianne's collection. The next day, Marianne followed Grandmother into the long gallery at the back of the house. The family portraits had been removed from the walls, and Marianne's unframed canvases hung in their stead. I don't remember having so many paintings. Grandmother laughed. There are plenty more. After we go through this set, we'll have the servants replace them with others. I want you to see how they look hanging. It will make it easier to decide which you might be willing to part with. You don't think I'm making a mistake? Marianne had loved the idea at first, but then the doubts had begun creeping in. Of course not, my dear. Her eyes twinkled. Just think how horrified your mother will be when she learns you've finally broken out of the cage she's kept you in. Marianne's happiness ebbed and she reached out to straighten one of the paintings. She never meant for it to be a cage. She was doing what she thought was best for me. I can see that now. She viewed it as preparing you to make a good match. Keeping girls away from everything that gives them happiness doesn't prepare them for life. It leads them to a life they won't enjoy. It's a cage, no matter how fancy the gilding. Perhaps she was doing what she learned from her own mother. It wasn't the first time Marianne had considered her mother might have regretted things from her own childhood. She wanted to believe her mother didn't understand the depth of the hurt she'd caused. She smiled. One thing she did right was to see I learned to hold a paintbrush properly. Grandmother nodded. She did at that. You have the skill to match your talent. Marianne knew she'd never be famous. She didn't have that kind of skill. But she liked the idea of other people enjoying her creations.
My dear sister, Grandmother sent word that you were with her. I do wish you hadn't felt the need to leave, but I understand your need, and I'm grateful you had somewhere safe to run to. I'd hoped to join you before now, but there have been things here which needed my attention. I'll send this letter with Jasper, as he's been ready to escape since the night of the ball. He thought, we both thought, Felix Humphreys to be an honorable man. I'm only sorry I didn't see the truth sooner in order to spare you the pain I'm certain you've felt. As I have formally rescinded my approval of his suit, I don't believe he will bother you once you return home. Mother and I anxiously await your return. Your loving brother, Charles. Marianne lifted her gaze from the letter to Jasper's face. He formally rescinded his approval? Jasper rolled his eyes. It had to be done, Marianne. As if Charles breaking his nose wasn't clear enough? He looked like a raccoon for weeks with both eyes blackened from it. Jasper grinned. The only problem was that once Charles had broken his nose, your brother wouldn't allow me to break Felix's arm. Marianne was filled with a sudden gratitude for this friend who would do anything for her. She reached for his hand. We're very lucky to call you family, Jasper. An uncharacteristic flush darkened Jasper's face. Oh, you have another letter. I believe it will answer another question you have yet to ask. Marianne released Jasper's hand and took the letter. Dearest Marianne, Mr. Strickland says I have but a moment to write if I'm to send my note with him. There's much to say, but I must be brief. The ball ended in ruin. Lord Humphreys had blood all down his front, and he and his brother had the most awful argument about you, in front of everyone. After their yelling, no one wanted to stay. Parents gathered their children, and everyone left at once. I must tell you, no one from the village believes a word of the scandal they said you were involved in. Perhaps that's not entirely true. Mrs. Williamson claims she always knew you weren't as perfect as you pretended, but as she's never forgiven your father for choosing your mother over her, no one listens to her. Lord Humphreys is finding it difficult to make any purchases or find workers for his fields, and his poor sister has left Rowan Park with her grandmother, leaving him alone with his misery. Do hurry home and rest assured that when the lines were drawn, we remained on your side. Your friend, Clarissa. Marianne sighed with relief. They don't hate me. Of course they don't hate you. They've known you your entire life. Most of them knew your reputation had been ruined and that you'd done nothing to deserve it. They decided years ago to ignore the situation. Jasper stood and pulled Marianne to her feet. I believe everyone is waiting for your return, so they can be certain you know of their support. She tucked her hand in his elbow, and they left the sitting room. Is my mother furious with me? Jasper paused just long enough for Marianne to begin to worry. No. Your mother has surprised everyone. We all expected her to be upset that you'd failed to make a match again. She seems quite cheerful about it. Charles asked her about it the day before I left. She said if you were to be a confirmed spinster, perhaps the two of you would do some traveling. She says she's always wanted to see India. India? Marianne stumbled over her feet. Without comment, Jasper caught her and they continued toward the kitchen. Mother wants to travel? She told Charles she was waiting for the two of you to be grown and settled into your own lives. She's tired of sitting day after day waiting for something to happen when she could be out experiencing the world. My mother said this? She frowned. Yes, she'd spent much of the past few years trying to avoid the woman, but that was only because she was pushing Marianne to marry someone, anyone. She was beginning to feel she didn't know her mother at all. Jasper nodded. Yes. Now tell me, who is this man your grandmother is meeting with? I caught a glimpse of him as I came in, and he didn't look exactly respectable. Marianne grinned. 
Monsieur Deluc is going to facilitate the sale of my paintings. Jasper turned to them to walk back toward the sitting room. You're selling. You're hiring. I need to meet him. Charles won't approve. It doesn't matter if he does or does not approve. This is my choice. Marianne yanked on his arm until he stopped. I want to do this. It was my idea, and Monsieur Deluc is a friend of Grandmother's. He's agreed to help. He says my paintings will bring in enough to support me for some time. This matters to you. Of course it matters to me. If it didn't, I wouldn't have done it. Marianne took a deep breath. That was the easy part, and Jasper was already upset. She almost didn't dare tell him the rest. I've been invited to teach young ladies to paint. In Bath. Jasper glowered. Are you considering it? It would give me something to do. A way to make a difference. I thought you were going to travel to India. Marianne laughed the sound bitter and harsh. That's Mother's dream, not mine. I don't have a dream anymore, Jasper. I spent so much time just existing. And I was happy. Then I had a chance for something more. I'd barely come to accept that I was in love when I lost everything. I have to find something new. And even if teaching isn't my dream, teaching these young ladies is something I can do. I'm sorry he hurt you. So am I. Marianne finally found the courage to say what she thought so many times. He asked in London what scandal was in my past. I should have told him the whole of it. He'd have known the truth. He might have chosen to hate me still, but it would have been for the right reasons. We can't change the past. Jasper sighed, and something shifted. The tension left his shoulders. Make your own plans, Marianne. But no, you'll never be alone. Charles, your mother, your grandmother, and I, we'll support you any way we can. Every way we can. Marianne hung back as she and grandmother approached the door. Fat snowflakes fell on them, clinging to them and dusting the ground. Don't fuss, my dear. She asked to see you. She won't turn you away. After a day and a half in the carriage, Marianne was stiff and sore. She'd rather have ridden thunder, but that would have gotten cold after a time, and it wouldn't have been fair to Grandmother. I know she'll be kind, but... You weren't at fault. Grandmother's voice was sharper than Marianne remembered ever hearing it. The door swung open and Marianne snapped her mouth closed over her retort. A butler ushered them inside and took their traveling cloaks before leading them into a sitting room. A roaring fire welcomed them, as did Granny's smiling face. There you are. I hoped you'd arrive before the storm hit in earnest. Granny rose from her chair and wrapped her arms around Marianne. My dear girl, I'm glad to see you. I've worried about you. Granny's welcome was so natural, so sincere, that Marianne leaned gratefully into the embrace. Gra, Mrs. Knight. None of that now. You'll call me Granny. Marianne wiped the tear from her cheek before pulling away. Thank you for being so kind about it. Granny beamed. You'll want to freshen up after your trip. Forgive me for not seeing you upstairs, but the cold has gotten into my knees, and it's hard to climb the stairs. You're up just one level, the second door on the left. Tea will be ready when you come down. Marianne tried to hide her surprise. She did want to freshen up and change out of her travel clothes, but she hadn't expected to be shuffled to her room so quickly. Grandmother smiled at her, and she realized the grandmothers wanted a moment to themselves. Thank you. I can find the way. She climbed the stairs and pushed open the heavy door. 
The first thing she saw was the falling snow outside the window. The second thing she noticed was that someone was already in the room. The man was looking out a second window. His shoulders were broad and Marianne's breath caught in her throat. At the sound of her breath, he turned. Marianne took an involuntary step backward, bumping into the wall beside the door. Marianne. Felix. The name stuck in Marianne's throat. What was he doing here? She didn't expect to see him until she went home to Charles and their mother. She turned to leave. Please, please wait. His voice was thick with emotion and Marianne found it difficult to take a step away. Allow me to apologize. Marianne wanted to run away. She wanted to throw herself into his arms. She wanted to slap him for not believing in her and wanted to yell at him for not coming to her sooner. She looked over her shoulder. She'd tried to bury her anguish, to move past it, but it had lurked there, hidden in her heart. Seeing the same anguish filling his eyes, she turned back. Felix reached out a hand but didn't move closer, as if scared he'd chase her away. I've been looking for you. It was wrong of me to send you away. I've regretted it from the moment you left. For years, I believed Benedict had acted abominably toward you. I had to believe it. He told the story in so much detail. I wanted to believe it, if for no other reason than to know he wasn't perfect, that he'd made a mistake. Marianne narrowed her eyes. She'd known Benedict had allowed people to believe she'd behaved inappropriately, but she never knew he'd encouraged it. My father didn't love my mother. He married her for Benedict's sake. But my mother loved him. She was so proud to give him another son, and then a daughter. He pretended to be glad, but he never wanted more children. He already had an heir. He found fault with everything I did. I was never as good as Benedict, the perfect child he'd been gifted by the woman he'd loved. Marianne ached for Felix. She could picture him as a child trying to earn his father's respect and love. She'd never had to do that. Never had to fight for attention or affection. She hadn't realized how lucky she'd been to never have to wonder if her father cared for her. He'd adored her. She felt herself soften a little. I'm not making excuses for my behavior. I didn't handle the situation well. The moment I realized you'd truly left, I tried to go after you. When I finally got away, I didn't know where you'd gone. Charles refused to tell me, and even your mother couldn't be swayed. They wouldn't even tell me if you were all right. I'd almost given up hope when Jasper came to see me. Marianne was glad the wall was holding her up. She wasn't certain she could take any more surprises. Jasper what? He came to me. His smile took on a bewildered look. I don't know why. At first I thought he was going to break my nose again. Marianne noticed for the first time that his nose had healed with a bump in it. She almost smiled. What did he want? To tell me you were safe. He said I might have a chance of winning you back. I might get the chance to apologize. To tell you how miserable I've been without you. You've been miserable? He crossed the room to hold her face in his hands. I've hardly slept. Hardly eaten. All I could do was think of the way I'd broken what we had. What we could have had. I'd do anything to make it up to you. Please, just allow me the chance to prove myself. Please. Marianne hesitated. She wanted to give him the chance. Wanted to make things right between them. Did she dare risk the chance of her heart breaking again? Does your grandmother know you're in my bedroom? She does. It was her idea. I knew there was a chance you'd sent me away, but she'd thought you'd be more likely to listen to what I had to say if I surprised you here. 
Marianne knotted her fingers together. So you came into my bedroom knowing it would ruin me. Felix ran his thumbs along her cheekbones, sending warmth through her. Where's your sense of adventure? She frowned and pulled away. Darling, the door is wide open. I'm hardly ruining you. He was right. The door was open, and unless she was much mistaken, the grandmothers and all the servants were listening to every word. She wanted to drag it out, to make him suffer the way she'd suffered all these months. Marianne looked at him. His eyes were older, as if they'd seen so much more than they should have since she'd left. He'd suffered enough. They'd suffered enough. Marianne lifted her hand, placing it on the doorknob. Before she could talk herself out of it, she nudged the door closed. Felix grinned and swept her into his arms. Music and laughter rang through the house. Everyone from the village had been invited to the wedding, and not one of them had stayed away. The Thistlewaits and Jasper were scattered throughout the room, and Marianne grinned when a young lady all but dragged Charles onto the dance floor. His eyes met hers across the room, and he grimaced. Laughing, she turned and caught Felix's gaze. He leaned down and spoke softly in her ear. There's something I'd like to show you. Come away with me? Marianne reached for her husband's hand. I'll follow you anywhere. No one noticed as they slipped through the door. Everyone was too caught up in the ball Felix had insisted on throwing as part of their celebration. They crept through the house as if afraid to be caught alone. Felix pulled aside a tapestry to reveal a door Marianne hadn't yet seen. He led her inside and closed the door. The echoes of music and laughter disappeared, silence settling around them. When I discovered this room, I remembered the small library you told me you'd found in the ball in London. I knew this space had to be yours. Marianne caught her breath. They were in a small square room. Three of the walls were lined with empty bookshelves. The fourth was broken by a large stained glass window above a window seat filled with pillows and cozy blankets. You can choose books from the main library, or we can travel the world and build your collection. Felix turned to her. He smiled, and there was something in his eyes that caused heat to race through her. It's perfect. Marianne burrowed into his embrace. Felix pulled her closer. All I want is for you to be happy. I can't imagine being any happier than you've already made me. Marianne kissed him. She didn't think she'd ever get enough of him. In his arms, she'd found everything she hadn't known she needed. Acceptance. Understanding. Love. In his arms, she was home. If you've enjoyed this season of Pick the Plot and would like a copy of the story to read yourself, it's available from Amazon in paperback or Kindle format under the title In the Shadow of Scandal. Season 2 will be along shortly, so keep your eye out for that. Thank you so much for joining me on this adventure. <laughs>